to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. So I have a simple question here. Has your recruiting process stayed up with the modern times? So many things in our business have changed. So many things have evolved. Things are different now than they were six months ago certainly 5, 10, 20 years ago. And yet oftentimes our recruiting process hasn't changed if we have a kind of a quote process at all. You know, our candidate base is different now than it was before. How we communicate with people is different now than it was 10 years ago. How we get in front of people is different now than it was 10 years ago. So the question simply being, has your recruiting process evolved with that or not? Are you keeping up with the times. This week's guest is an expert in this space. And, and uh, you know, his latest book, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, uh, kind of talks through and walks us through what we have to do to make sure that we are keeping up with the current times, especially as it relates to technology, making sure that we can't use excuses about not getting enough candidates, but, but in fact, making sure that we're getting in front of the right candidates and we're making it a good experience for them to apply and understand who we are as an organization. Some great, great information in this, whether you're hiring now or whether you think you will have a need to hire anytime in the next few years, understanding how things evolve and how your process has to evolve with that is critically important. So enjoy this week's episode. Let me know or our guest Ira, let him know if you have any questions about this. We'd love to help you understand that process and how to uh, make it as effective as possible and effective meaning finding the right people in the right place and communicating with them properly, creating a great candidate experience. Be sure before you head out, you hit the subscribe button so that you can get all of the latest content. And if you have any questions, if there's anything you'd like to hear more about, please don't hesitate to reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast. Really looking forward to uh, uh, to talking to this week's guest. Um, uh, you know, as we talk about a, a subject that's obviously a, a passion of mine as it relates to um, recruiting and hiring and talent acquisition and uh, in this very unique world and, and not even unique as it relates to COVID, but just really unique in the, the generation uh, that, that we are hiring that's, uh, that's taking on the workforce and how we as business leaders uh, have to be able to adapt and adjust in our recruiting efforts, just like we've adapted and adjusted uh, in the way we operate business and our processes and procedures. So really looking forward to this. Ira, thank you so much for coming on. And as we get started here, why don't you walk us through your history and experience and just sort of catch us up to, uh, to where you are now and, and the things that you've done to get here? Absolutely. I really appreciate being here. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my, my currently, I have a company which I started about 25 years ago. Um, wasn't sure I was going to end up in this kind of how it was when I started it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's called Success Performance Solutions. And our primary focus has been on pre employment testing and leadership mm-hmm. assessment. Uh, didn't don't do a really a lot of training or development or coaching other than related around the assessment. So I right. had a great opportunity mm-hmm. to work with recruiters and consultants and trainers and also with, with companies mm-hmm. uh, on, on helping them hiring process and helping them identify people that can move up 
uh, within their organization. Obviously, more important now than ever uh, yeah. since careers are changing and jobs are going away. Uh, prior to that, my path was a bit unconventional. I started out as a dentist. Mm. Uh, Many moons ago, uh, practiced for about 18 years. Uh, as I said in my TED Talk, I loved everything about dentistry, but dentistry. Uh, <laughs> kind of the entrepreneur at heart. I, I loved building the business, working with the people, building the team, yeah. managing it, um, You know, being part of the community, educating people, developing staff. Uh, at the end of the day, just didn't want to drill and fill anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I left. I had a good opportunity. My daughter had graduated college uh, beginning of January uh, of June of that year, and uh, beginning in July, uh, I had there was an agreement. I had an opt out at that point. Mm. So I I told my partner uh, one of us was leaving, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I did. And I started this business, and uh, it, yeah. it's it's been good. I, you know, I I sort of retired, yeah. you know, in my mid forties because I. I don't think I'm working. I just love what I do. That's great. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, as you talk about being a dentist and loving all of the aspects of the business uh, other than the dentistry, that's really the exact opposite of, of a lot of small business owners, you know, but, and, and especially as we lump in the, um, the medical field, it's kind of the opposite. It's like we, they love the, the tactical part of the business but running the business is the distraction. That's the pain. And, and, and really, we see that kind of over-exaggerated in the medical field. But the same holds true for a lot of business owners, um, you know, whether you're an accounting firm or an insurance agency or, or wealth management or whatever space you, or construction company, right? It's that tactical piece that you know you're really good at. Um, but then dealing with the employees, building a team, hiring people, dealing with the finances, running a business developing strategy and vision. Like those are sort of the pains in our side uh, that we really don't want to be dealing with. So I think it's really interesting how, you know, you, you through the course of those years recognize that's actually the part you enjoyed and then now have been able to develop a business around that passion um, and, and helping others. So, you know, uh, along the way, Ira, were there any were there any particular things that you recognized in the early days that are still relevant today, just the fundamental um, pieces involved in developing a solid business with a good foundation and a good team, just some kind of fundamental things that that haven't changed over the last 20, 30, 40 years? Well, one is I think people, I, you know, the and Gallup certainly proved this. Um, people, you know, people work for a manager. Right. They have a job, but, you know, they, 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 they look for a job, they get hired because of the job, and then they leave because of attitude or they leave because of the manager, the supervisor. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm an old baby boomer. I, I've, I've uh, I, I have employees from my dental practice, um, 35 or more years mm -hmm. that still keep in touch with me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was most, as you said, most healthcare professionals, but the same goes for attorneys, accountants, right. engineers, yeah. uh, any professional, uh, you know, when somebody leaves, they left. I mean, it was sort right. of a tip on their shoulder. So I, one is definitely manage, uh, manager skills, supervisory skills, mm -hmm. treating people like human beings, you know, that hasn't changed. Um, being part of a community, you know, I've always been living in relatively small communities, but uh, was always engaged within the community. Um, mm -hmm. And so that hasn't changed. And now it's probably more important. 
mm -hmm. uh, than ever yeah. uh, to, to have that purpose and, and to belong and not just to be a business and go home and, you know, and, and do whatever you did. Right. Uh, so I was always involved. Um, I, I think the one thing, and, and again, this goes back to the biggest surprise people had. It's, it's when I went out, there were two comments I got when I said I was leaving. People said, well, what are you going to do? Because my, my job, most people's job is who they are. Yeah, it defines them. I just yeah. interviewed somebody on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they and, and it was like, your work is not your worth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your yeah. job is not your worth. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I always viewed myself as having a business that just happened to be in the dental services. Right. Um, now, I happen to be relatively in the HR space. I don't say it's HR, but, <laughs> you know, we happen to be yeah. like, like you. <laughs> yeah. But I happen to have a business, and it just happens to be in the HR industry, yeah. um, and in the service industry. So, it's, you know, it's people. I, I say that to some people, and they go, "Oh, never thought of it that way." Mm -hmm. You know, where where they are, what their title is. Mm -hmm. So, along that lines, um, I had, and this has become more true than ever, especially how fast the world is changing. I had transferable skills. Right. Um, you know, I was I was good at marketing. Um, I'm good at PR. Again, good with you know, developed my skills. I, I can't say there was a natural at it, but I developed my skills to be good with with clients and mm -hmm. and colleagues. Um, learning was always part of my life. So learning, you know, lifelong learning is yeah. is, is now a transferable skill. And critical thinking. I, I think the one thing that that people came out is they go, well, you know, how did you make a literally a life business a career right. out of doing employee assessments right, right and part of it is the diagnostics i mean i love the diagnostics i loved solving a problem and I, even from other colleagues down the street they used to refer me problems that they just couldn't figure out mm -hmm. and i was good at the integration the critical thinking um you know, certainly a, I, I sort of combine the left brain, right brain thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, connected dots. So, you know, they, they saw, you know, I was said they, they saw a hole and they said, Oh, we need to fill it. Right. I would say, well, the hole's connected to, you know, a bigger, to, mm -hmm. to, to yeah. the jaw and the jaw's connected to your body and the body's, you know, has yeah. a lot of things going on with it. Yeah. Um, so I, I always saw the bigger picture and I go, how did it get there? You know, and maybe that's not, you know, that's the most obvious reason, but maybe it's not the, 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 uh, the reason. Yeah. So th that was easy. So, uh, you know, I, I sort of describe now is I, I was probably the ra a radiologist for HR. You know, <laughs> I, I read the x-rays, read yeah. the blueprint, um, come up with the diagnosis. I just don't do the treatment. I don't do the coaching, you know, yeah, um, nice. you know, so I, again, I guess the, there, there were parallels with it, but I, I think the one big message, and I try to get this across to everybody because again, going back to people say, what are you going to do? What, you know, what you, mm -hmm. you trained all those years, you know, and it was mm -hmm. little, 10, 11 years of schooling and public yeah. health service yeah. internships. Yeah. And I had 11 years of post secondary education mm. and they said you're just going to walk away from it and they're going no i'm taking all the skills that i learned and yeah. just yeah. up and doing something else yeah yeah well don't get that it's and <laughs> i think that's really solid and that's an important lesson for people i think to understand as well um you know that's one of the things we look for very heavily on the recruiting side is 
those transferable skills, you know? And so it's not necessarily finding someone that's been in that job for another company. It's finding someone that has certain skill sets that are going to transfer well into your organization. And then, you know, finding, making sure that their personality and really focusing that personality is going to fit with your company culture and making sure the transferable skills are there. You can teach them the job. And, um, and so I, I think that is, that is a very wise thing for us as individuals to understand or what are the, what are the transferable skills that we have? What are the skills and traits that we have that can transfer to most any industry um, or how that translates into certain roles? Because, you know, someone that is good in, in business leadership may be great in, you know, uh, leading a board in a nonprofit. There's so many trans, you know, there's a lot of transferable skills there. So how can you use those for the greater good than just simply, operating your business, making money. And, um, and so no matter what our skills are, finding out, really understanding what those are beyond simply, well, I'm good at being a receptionist. I'm good at managing money. Okay. Well, how does that relate into other areas in case you need it through the tra- trajectory of your career or in case you're able to help others because of a certain skill set that you have? Well, you look, and again, this isn't something, you know, I came up with it for a blog post, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it comes from organizations like the World Health Organization or OCED, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, uh, some global organizations that identified what are the, what are the skills that we're going to need going forward. Right. And they're not saying, oh, we need more history. You know, we, we, we do need more math and we do need more technical skills, right. uh, but, but it's, they're also looking at it, how to apply that. So right. we're looking at thinking skills, we're looking at collaboration, um, and as much as we rely on digital, um, commu- you know, digital technology, um, interpersonal skills are, are still critically important. Mm-hmm. Um, um, adaptability, I mean, things like adaptability, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and, you know, that, and, and part of adaptability, which, which is very interesting because we talked about lifelong learning. You know, one of the mm-hmm. skills that they're talking about in, in adaptability is unlearning. You know, it's unlearning our old bad habits, unlearning right. the way that we do it. So it's this combination of um, simultaneously unlearning the way we did it. And everybody was thrown into this mix six months ago. Yeah, uh, right. you know, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Like, yeah, I think we'll yeah, gradually. Yeah, I think I'd like to work from home maybe a day or two a week. And then all of a sudden, it's like seven days a week. You're exactly. working from home, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and be, you've become your own, te- you know, uh, IT department. Yeah. Uh, there is nobody to call. Nobody's coming over to help you fix it, to add the app, to, you know, yeah. figure out why your wireless isn't working, why is your webcop, white webcam not showing, and, and yeah. all those other things. Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, so let's talk about this book uh, for just a second here. Your book called Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. Um, Explain to us how this concept came about, kind of what is Googleization and, and you know, what is the the impact of this. And so we know that now more than ever, we have more generations working together, but the concept of Googleization, um, what does this mean? And and how do we start thinking about uh, adapting to that? What do we do with the information that's there? And it was about the four generations at the time, you know, working simultaneously in the workplace. But the one thing in the background that, as I said, I'm an integrator, you know, it wasn't just four generations. So it was four generations and technology. Yeah. It was this, it was this elephant in the room that was starting to develop because at that point, going back and, uh, you know, it looks like you're old enough to, to remember in the, in the like 2005s, you know, 2006, mm-hmm. um, the, the you you might have been the the the, uh, 
the subject of, of the complaints. It's like, oh, those young kids, like all they know how to do is, you know, keep their, their they want to play games and sit on the sofa and yeah. you know, they, they, they never look up from their screen. Mm -hmm. uh, and you heard about how horrible this was. And yet, um, you know, new technologies were, 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 were coming on board. Right. So I, I, I wrote about it as the convergence, Googleization really became the convergence of people and technology and different generations uh, and technology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then over time, it really became about the speed of the change because it wasn't just that we had technology. You should go back to, you know, the wheel. You know, the invention of the wheel was technology. Right, right. Hyperhead was technology, invention of phone. Um, but these things kept happening so fast. So Googleization was really about people and the acceleration of change yeah. uh, and uh, you know, came up with the term somehow and, <laughs> and stuck with it. So yeah, now, now, yeah. so we, we came to recruiting in the age of Googleization uh, and, and the book itself uh, for those who say, well, I'm not really, I don't recruit. I don't have any, you know, I don't, you know, I have a business, but I'm not doing any hiring. Mm -hmm. Um, the first the book's about 260 pages. Actually, the second edition, we added some pages. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the first half of the book, the first 130 pages, has nothing to do with recruiting. It was about the world we're going to live in. It's about the acceleration. Uh, it's about uh, what I didn't come up with this term. The military did, but it's called VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, which yeah. to me is like the perfect acronym for the for 2020, no volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. I mean, yeah. how? Who else? That's not. They invented it to, to to identify that we wouldn't be fighting countries anymore after the Berlin Wall came down. Right. That uh, the threat would be terrorist organizations, uh, yeah. the asynchronous organizations, amorphous organizations that mm -hmm. had people in all different countries, and they looked like mm -hmm. you and me and other people, and yeah, and. You know, but they were our, our, our enemy, and they said, "How are we going to fight them? Because we're, we're no longer going to have a country with a wall around it." And right. we still sort of have that, but but the reality. But then, you know, forty years later or thirty years later, we we have VUCA. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that, you know, we, we t I talk about that a lot, and then we go. I go into what's it like to recruit in that environment. Yeah. Um, because you can't isolate this. You can't say, "Oh, we're in recruitment. We're in HR. We're in a small town." Yeah, um, doesn't matter. We're all we're all impacted by <laughs> the the world we around us. The, you know, we're we're just visitors on this planet. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and one of the things that I find really interesting about that, and you know, something that I talk to clients about frequently, and especially on kind of the coaching consulting side of of the recruitment process, is you know how often we see people complaining that well, our process isn't working. And I'm a firm believer in you know, when in doubt, lean back, lean on your process. You know, you got to, mm -hmm. but, but in order to lean on your process, that means you have to have a process. You have to have a proven <laughs> process in place. So, you know, uh, oftentimes uh, I actually just wrote an article uh, for a publication just uh, earlier this week, kind of talking about this, that so many times, especially in the small business space, we've got a position either that we need to add or someone leaves and we're trying to hire. And it's like, we just dive into it. We say, well, we're just going to write up a job description. We'll throw it out on social media and a couple of job boards, see what happens. Then we'll interview people. And then as soon as we think we like somebody, we'll hire them. There's no process. It's very haphazard. And, um, and so I, I always recommend you have to have kind of a defined process in place and then when in doubt, lean, lean against the process. But right. 
But even those that are trying to do that, oftentimes we want to lean on a process from 20 years ago or even 10 years ago and then question why it's not working. Now, we would never do that with our technology in our business. We wouldn't do that even with some of the kind of accounting principles that we may use. We wouldn't do that with the processes and procedures that we have. And yet, in the hiring process, potentially one of the most expensive processes that we have, um, we're going to lean on something that worked 10, 20, 40 years ago. And, and so I, I think it's really interesting as things evolve, this is one of the big places that we as business leaders have to be ready to evolve with it and make sure that we are thinking in terms of where is technology today? Therefore, where are my candidates today? Um, I know one of the, just one, one easy example of this, you know, even whenever I was in, in, uh, in college, the, the big thing was still like the formatting of that resume. I mean, that resume had to look good, right? It had make sure you print it on a certain type of paper and it's got to have your name up here and it's got to have this information. And it's got to look good. Well, now 98% of the resumes we see come through a job board. And by the time it's gone through their system and everything else, I mean, it's just like almost bullet points on a piece of paper. And so there's so many little things that have happened, but yet if I am stuck in, 20 years ago as someone that's hiring and I see that and say, ah, oh, this resume doesn't look very good, but it's, it's more about the content and what we're reading in that than it is simply about the formatting. And so that's just one example, but um, you know, so what are some things that you're seeing that, that you think that you've recognized companies have to be able to adapt to, to effectively manage a recruiting process given the age that we're in right now? Well, I, I came up with an acronym and it's in the book. Um, and it's called REACH, R-E-A-C-H. So the R is how do we reach, how do you reach candidates? Mm -hmm. And and it's beyond just sursing. Um, It's really marketing. So the the R is REACH and and the E is ENGAGE because Mm -hmm. employment brand is so much more more important now. Um, People want, um, you want to know about, people now, top performer, top talent. There are people that just want a paycheck and now, with 50 million people on unemployment, <laughs> um, a lot of people need a paycheck. Yeah. But ultimately, they're looking for the company. They're looking for a career. They want to know what the company's like. Mm-hmm. So the the R was how do you reach them? And then immediately, some type of an engagement, whether it's chat or phone or video or imagery, telling that story. Mm-hmm. That's marketing. That's not HR or recruitment, but recruitment right. is marketing. But it typically, it's been avoided. It's like, oh, uh, let's redo our job listing. Let's rewrite it. <laughs> right. you know, let's change the title on it. I mean, yeah. again, not marketing. But then we got into the ACH. And the A is application. So once somebody, you reach somebody and once somebody's engaged, then you want them to click to apply. It's business principle. It's e-commerce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And then there's got to be an immediate conversation. Uh, and again, we still have this HR black hole that people apply and they may, they may get a thank you for submitting your application. You know, we get lots of, we get a lot of applications. Uh, we can't possibly, you know, respond to everybody. So you probably won't hear from us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So there's no conversation. So there's got to be an ongoing conversation. In fact, the conversation should even start before that. Yeah. And then the H is, is is for hire, and it's that the that hiring doesn't stop at the at the at the job offer. It should continue mm-hmm. through the onboarding. 
because I'm boarding is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. So the REC8, you know, the R, the RE is really, and I spend a lot of time in this. This is really where my book is and where I've done a lot of focus. I built an online course is really working on the recruitment marketing and helping people to get very basic S, you know, search optimization, how do job boards work? How do, how do you get, get found? Yeah. Uh, and then the ACH happens to be on the, on the HR side. But it's interesting you brought up the resume because the, the, the point where I usually start when somebody says, you know, we're just not getting enough talent. Or now the problem is they're getting too much. Too much. You know, exactly. Now we have yeah. quick apply. One or the other. <laughs> you know, I, I had a client just a few weeks ago that called up and, and he said, you know, we used to get um, 25 to 50 responses from Indeed. And out of that, he used to complain and go, you know, maybe one or two were worth, you know, a fit. Right. He said, now, he says, he put in, he, they, they put a posting up. It, within 24 hours, they had 1,300 responses. No processes in place. It used to be, hey, we got them by email. My assistant right. put them into a spreadsheet for us. You know, the, yeah. the, the manual process. So out of date for yeah. reality. And then quick apply change that. Mm -hmm. But just to think about the application. The application, you, you, we, I think you might have said this before we went on the air, was 20 years old, maybe 30. Right. The application 70 years old. We're using the same application that they did after World War II. Mm -hmm. um, name, address, serial, you know, now uh, mo you shouldn't be asking for birth date and, and social right, security, right, but right. some, yeah. I still see some that have it. Mm -hmm. Then you ask for the last three employers, mm -hmm. you know, the, the address, how much money did you make? Why did you leave? What's the supervisor's address names? What's his phone number? Uh, right. What's his email? You collect all this information, sometimes a hundred to 200 fields of information mm -hmm. people filled out. None of it is job relevant. Right. None of it qualifies anybody. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. the problem is, is we went from a paper application mm -hmm. to, oh, email or, or mail it to us. People would mail it. Right. To, oh, we can upload it mm -hmm. or exchange it through an email. Or then it went to, let's take our 200 field application, five, seven pages of an application and mm -hmm. put it onto the internet. Mm-hmm. The application hasn't changed for most companies. And when people say, well, wh wh what should we cut out? I said, well, one is you need a two-stage application. The first thing you do is make sure people have the minimum basic qualifications. And this is interesting because you, you yeah. said something that kind of spurred this in my mind. You say, what's absolutely required? There you go. If they answer no to these five questions, they're out. Yeah. Or any one of these five questions, they're out. Yeah. Let's say, well, they have to be over 18. Yeah. Um, they have to have a four-year degree. Yes. Um, they have to have five years of experience. Yes. What happens if they have a 10 years of experience, but a two-year degree? Mm -hmm. They go, uh, well, yeah, that might work. Okay. Well, then four it's years not is not the requirement. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So people, <clears throat> I said, if you can define four or five basic questions, if they answer no, they're disqualified. And that might be, hey, are you licensed in the state of Kentucky? Exactly. Do you have the certification? So are you mobile? Yeah. Can you, do you have a certain, so there are things, why collect all that additional information? Because one is, um, there's an, a, a, it's not an acronym, but it's, it's called FCDD. It's my most popular presentation I do at all the conferences. Mm -hmm. And it's your candidate experience is all FCD'd up or F'd up or whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce it. 
Um, try to pronounce it. But it stands for frustration, confusion, disappointment, and distraction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when when people when people are doing this, there's two parts to this. One is the applications are so cumbersome mm-hmm. that most companies experience 50% dropout, abandonment rate. Mm-hmm. People start the application and don't complete it. And nobody tracks it. Very few people track it. In some of the clients that I start with, when I do ask that and they go back, they're finding rates as, as high as 90%. That nine out of 10 people start an application but don't complete it. Yeah. Because there's all these fields and because they don't get a response, because mm-hmm. other companies have burned them, even if your company has a great process and within 10 seconds of them submitting, they get a reply. Mm-hmm. There are so many company, candidates have been trained. I'm not filling out a half hour of an application. Right. Not get an answer. Yep. Okay. So, so the very first thing to do is, well, how can we change that? How can we get an immediate interaction? You get some information, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is ask these five questions. Do you have a, you know, do you have reliable transportation? You over eighteen years old for a frontline worker. If it's a more senior person, do you have a degree? You have a certification? You have a, um, you know, are you willing to re- relocate? Mm-hmm. And then if they say yes, hey, congratulations, thanks. Uh, we'd like to either set up a chat, a phone call, and can you submit? Can you send in your resume? Can you fill out the rest of the application? Right. So now there's an immediate engagement. We reached them, we engaged them, they applied, mm-hmm. have a, an immediate conversation with them. That's the way the world's going. I just saw an application that was really, really cool. Uh, it was done as a chat. Hmm. It's a, They're asking for, I think they were asking for too long. I think, I think it took too long. It was like a 25-minute thing that I went through but it was a chat so there was a conversation and it was really pretty colloquial I mean it was really Mm -hmm. pretty personable as you went through this whole thing now if they would have done that in stages and and there was some logic to it that you said and there might have been maybe I was answering all the right questions that you got down and they and you say no I only have three years of of, or I'm not licensed in the state right right it would then stop Mm mm-hmm and, and it might have done that. But there's no reason in today's world that we can't do something like that. So yeah, going yeah. back to what's wrong, um, we still, you know, we still have this application. And then I worked with companies and they say, well, if we change the application, we have to get our attorney involved. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, so the attorney is responsible right. for you not getting enough yeah. <laughs> qualified applicants. Great. Right. You know, right. I mean, we're, we're not asking illegal questions. My first two questions are, how old are you? Are you married? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You Especially if you're reducing the number of questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and, and, and so something that I think is important for people to understand through that is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about here is that candidate experience. And so as you talked about, you know, FCDD, you know, that it's, right. it's, 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 it kind of comes down to that candidate experience. And, what we should remember and recognize and understand is that we are communicating a lot to a potential candidate about who we are as an organization in those early stages in that early process. So if you have an antiquated process that's that that doesn't make sense and it is too lengthy and it is, then you're communicating this is kind of the culture of who we are. This is how, you know we're still stuck in business in the 1980s and we haven't evolved. Um, 
And whenever you put them through the ringer and you put them through these processes and then you don't communicate with them, then you're, you are telling them, this is how we do things. You know, it's very bureaucratic and this is, and so you're communicating a lot about your business. And so you, you can do a lot of things with the quote culture of your business internally, but then have a poor antiquated process in, in, in how you hire. You're either going to attract the wrong people to the culture you're trying to create, or you're just simply going to detract people that should you know, that would normally want to be a part of that. Um, yeah, so part, yeah. So part of that is it also, again, when people call and say, we're just having a lot of trouble attract, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we're just not getting qualified people and it's a right. tough market out there. Yeah. Now it's not a tough market. It's just tough to find the qualified yeah. people because there's so many people applying. But my, my question always starts out going back to what I said about how many people abandoned it. Mm-hmm. I said, if you're not getting enough applications, it's either bad, either have a bad reputation Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to work for you. It's true. Yep. Um, you either have a bad marketing process. You're not mark. You're, you're not putting your job postings in the right place where mm-hmm. your qualified candidates get it. Yeah. Or going back to the process, mm-hmm. people are trying to apply, but they're frustrated, confused, distracted, or disappointed. Right. So part of it, it says, is it really a bad market? Is it bad marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or is it your company reputation? Right. And it gives people, it usually turns out to be one of those, by the way, mm-hmm. because you can always look in the same industry, in the same community. There's someone who's not having a problem. <laughs> That's going right. after the same group of people. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, they pay more. Oh, they could afford yeah, better. There's always a reason. Oh, yeah, always an excuse. Better. Oh, they're just the start. I mean, it's it's either way. It's it's they've been around for a long time, so they can afford it, or they're just a startup and they don't have large overhead. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> go either direction. I saw a process. I've got a client that uh, wanted to try something different, and it was something through a, a mastermind that he's a part of. They'd recommended where what they do, and it's a very blue collar, hands on position, but they're also in front of customers. And so part of what he was trying to do to kind of pre-qualify is, um, which I thought was really, you know, fairly innovative is, um, you know, a lot of the people that are applying for his type of job or interested in that type of job, they don't have a a quote resume, you know, a traditional resume, you know, they just, they've got some work experience, but they haven't gotten a, you know, written up professional resume, but he also, but he had to make sure that, you know, I need to understand a little bit about your background. I need to make sure you can communicate. You can actually, you know, talk. And so what he did was he actually, we have, you know, in the, um, job posting and everywhere within the job posting. And then once people apply, it actually kind of sends them an auto response to say, call this number, you know, so if you're interested in this position, call this number and leave us a message. And then what he's done is whenever you call the number, he says specifically, um, Hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate your interest in this position. And, um, so what I'd like you to do is, you know, leave me your name, leave me your contact number and just let me know, you know, what, what his, what experience you have that makes you think you're good for this job. I mean, it's truly, and I think he even mentions in there, you know, keep it under a minute, just keep it short and sweet. But what it's done is, um, you know, so for those that are saying I'm getting too many, so I'm going to say he's probably had about 150 candidates in a short period of time. And he's in a small market, about 150 candidates in, in a three or four week period, but only about 25 followed instructions, made the phone call, gave him the information he needed. So he's automatically vetted those down and he's pre-qualified like, 
Can they communicate? Can they follow instructions? Um, and, and yet he's adapting his process to his candidate type that doesn't have a formal resume. And so to your point about kind of disqualifying people by saying, now you have to spend 30 minutes filling out all of this information. One of the things that he was recognizing was when I'm asking people, you know, well, if you want to apply, click here and send me a resume. Now they're sitting there thinking, I don't have, I don't know. Okay. I got to go into word. Now I've got to go Google how to build a resume and they're doing all these things and it completely irrelevant for his job type. He needs them to be able to work on a motor and be hands-on and work with their hands. And so I think there are a lot of things in today's, and that it cost him a grand total, like $10 a month to add an extra phone line to a system that was specifically dedicated to this voicemail. So you can do that with text. I yeah. mean, the reality is, is Simple, that you, yeah. you can have a series of, of questions or, or a bot. Right. Kind of pre-qualifiers. Right. And, and 96% of, well, it's 92%. This is last year. 92% of everyone under 40 years old in the U.S. owns a smartphone. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's, and sometimes that's their only connection to the internet. So it's very tough to, to type a word document and, yeah. you know, or, send, or, or, or fill out some of these, some of these long applications yeah. uh, on a, on a smartphone. So think about that. I mean, if that's your target audience that's right. and use a text and, and text also get responded to, um, I think it's three ninety. 90% of texts get opened in three seconds. Yeah. Um, 20% of, uh, 80% of emails never get opened. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So there's, there's this whole dynamic going on when you talk about process. I mean, it's like peeling this onion and people say, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And you just go and go, yeah, old, old, <laughs> you know, you know, e- email, old text. Right. And, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and again, and some of these, as you said, are, really, really inexpensive. Yeah. 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 And so it, you know, it kind of goes back to that, you know, and I love the way you've got that, uh, the acronym built out and then even defining that out, like this is sort of the marketing piece of it. And this is the HR piece of that, but HR doesn't have to be stuffy, right? So don't, don't think of it as HR. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, what you're trying to do is build a good candidate experience. The H is about being human. It is human. (laughs) Yeah. I, that's what I often say that, you know, in our process, that's one of the things I talk about is we're trying to put the human back in, in human resources. That was my talk last year. It actually showed (laughs) the share manual. Yeah. It's keeping the H in HR. And every thought I was coming, coming back and going to say, Hey, I, I half the people that attended, we had, a, we had a really full room. Half the people that were there were disappointed because they thought I was going to tell them why we shouldn't be using technology. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, that's, like they thought, that's oh, the reality yeah, of where we are. And we need to do yeah. this stuff. And, you know, no, I'm, yeah, you do, but you can't do it because you're so bogged down in paperwork and repetitive yeah. tasks. Um, you, you need to use technology so you free up your time so you can spend more time being human. <laughs> right, right. You know, and and another point, and I won't uh, I won't belabor this, but what we are seeing whenever we're talking to companies that are looking to hire HR right now, uh, you know, especially over the last probably year and a half, is a lot of them. That's the complaint that they're coming back with is that we need an HR person that's actually engaged with our employees because the last three people we've had, they're stuck in the office all the time. And so I think there has been, I think we are seeing a positive shift in bringing that H back into HR that companies are saying, 
you know, HR has become this very administrative sit in the office, but then anytime we have an issue, a problem or a challenge, they don't know the employee we're talking about. You know, we only have 150 employees and we say, hey, uh, you know, John Doe uh, has been late, you know, three times in the last month and trying to figure out what's going on. And they're saying, I don't know who John Doe is. 150 employees, you're our HR person, you should know that. And so I think we are, are seeing a positive shift in trying to re-engage. And this, this recruiting process is just simply part of that. Um, no, absolutely. So uh, Ira, this is excellent. And I, and I hope, you know, people really kind of take some of this stuff to heart. There's so many, there's so much good information in here. Um, tell us, how can we learn more about you, about the resources that you have, um, and get some of that quality information for those that are looking to uh, kind of switch up their own process? Yeah, I appreciate that. So a couple of places. Uh, my company is Success Performance Solutions. Um, long title, but you can, <laughs> that's what it is. SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com. Um, a little bit about me, you can go to IraWolf.com. Uh, we also have a community. Um, well, again, learning a little bit more about me. We've got my podcast, Geeks, Deezers, Googleization, available mm-hmm. on all podcast channels. Um, but we also have Googleization Nation. So mm-hmm. you can go there. Uh, we send out updates doing... Um, one or two webinars a month, mm-hmm. uh, interviewing different thought leaders. We had some really, really good people last month. We talked about curiosity, adaptability, there's a diversity and equity. Uh, so again, just reaching out, just sharing, trying to, you know, raise the bar, you know, for everybody. Uh, so, but, um, you know, Googleization Nation is, is one and uh, successperformancesolutions.com. Uh, you'll, you can keep up with it that way. And my book, um, actually, I've got a deal for everybody. Um, it's, it's in the second edition, just came out in February this year. And so I'm giving away free copies. You just pay for shipping. Uh, and so you can go to besthrbook.com, uh, mm-hmm. besthrbook.com, uh, and you'll get a free copy. Uh, mail's a little slow these days. You know, it used to be five to seven days, and it's about two to three weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, you just pay a couple bucks for shipping, and uh, I'll send you a signed copy of the book. So besthrbook.com. Good. Good. Well, thank you, Ira. I really appreciate it. This is excellent information. It's incredibly relevant, uh, not only now, but it, but it's fairly evergreen as we continue to evolve and um, figuring out how to create the right, uh, the right way, the right process to get in front of our audience as it relates to new hires and then uh, engage them properly. So really appreciate everything you're doing and uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share with us this week. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure pleasure and uh, hopefully we'll continue the conversation with you know as, as simon Sinek says together is better thanks for joining us on the employer blueprint podcast be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes for more information on how employer blueprint can help build great teams in your business visit employerblueprint.com or to inquire about kyle speaking at your next event visit kylegorman.com And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.